This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast with Bryce Johnson. It's a show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Enjoy inspiring conversations and thought-provoking interviews. You'll hear stories from people that will inspire, challenge, and encourage you. Now, from the Unpacking It studios in Charlotte, North Carolina, uniting sports fans everywhere, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. This is the show that unpacks sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. Hope you're doing great today. We are going to welcome on a former guest. He's back to discuss his book, The Christian Athlete. He's Brian Smith. The book is all about glorifying God in sports, and it released earlier in April. You can check out thechristianathlete.com, but it's a fascinating conversation, and I think you'll uh, just enjoy the thought-provoking topics, and, and hopefully it'll challenge and encourage you in your own faith. Whether you're an athlete or whether you're a fan or whether you're a former athlete and can think back to those good old days when we were playing, right? Uh, but also just to help you understand, even as a parent and, and as a fan, what athletes go through and, and even kind of the role we play as fans. So good conversation today. Uh, look forward to you hearing it. Stick around at the end of the interview. I'll give you a couple more things to unpack a little bit further. Uh, I do want to thank our presenting sponsor, MetaShare. At MediShare, they believe that healthcare should be affordable, reliable, and biblical. So our friends at MediShare, they offer programs for every budget. So if you're an individual, a parent, small business owner, ministry leader, or self-employed, MediShare has options for you. The best part is their members, on average, save 50% or more on their healthcare costs. And so our friends at MediShare truly strive to make a positive impact in the world. And so if you're looking for an affordable, reliable healthcare option that you can trust, check out MediShare today. Go to MediShare.com slash unpacking it. MediShare.com slash unpacking it. Well, right now, we're going to jump in to our conversation with Brian Smith, the author of The Christian Athlete. He's on staff with Athletes in Action. Here we go. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking it with Bryce Johnson. And joining us on the MetaShare guest line is Brian Smith. He's the author of The Christian Athlete, Glorifying God in Sports. It's out now. Brian is a current staff member with Athletes in Action. He's uh, had the opportunity to encourage and equip thousands of athletes and coaches across the country. In his book, he uses his experience of working with and discipling athletes for the past 15 years to give readers practical ways to integrate their faith 
into sports, visit thechristianathlete.com and follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Smith AIA. Brian, great to have you on Unpacking It today. How are you? I am doing great, Bryce. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, we got to talk all about the book and a lot of different topics that, that come from the book. But but let's begin with kind of the origin for the, the book and your own personal wrestling with these questions. How do I integrate my faith with my sport? And how do I do this sport in a way that honors God? So what was that wrestling like for you? Yeah, so I grew up playing every sport imaginable. Um, uh, part of my story is um, getting cut from three sports as a freshman in high school. And so I ended up running track and cross country because you can't get cut from those. I mean, <laughs> ended up being pretty pretty decent at it. I got a scholarship to run track and cross at Wake Forest University. Um, and because I grew up in and around uh, the Christian faith, I, I knew, like, I knew that God wanted me as an athlete. He wanted my sport and he wanted glory, but I was always unsure of what that meant. And so I would, I would often settle for like, I, I'd, I'd pray before a game and I'd pray after a game, but really unsure. What does it look like to actually live this out practically? Um, and then joined staff with Athletes in Action in 2009. And I began discipling athletes who were asking the same questions of like, I, I know that God wants me to glorify him through sport, but I'm not really sure what that looks like beyond just giving a hundred percent and giving him the credit. And so the, the genesis of the book was really, it really came out of a place of wondering of like, I, I'm not an expert in this. I don't know the answers. And so I, I just began reading the Bible in a way of like trying to contextualize it to sport. And the Bible doesn't talk about sports at all, at least practically how we understand them today. And so the challenge became, you know, as you're as you're learning about who God is through his word, what does that then look like to take the nature and character of God and, and how he reveals himself in his word, but apply that within the context of sports? And so that that was really the kind of the genesis of why a book like this, why practically uh, trying to glorify God through sports? Because I, I think there's thousands of questions, there are thousands of athletes out there who want to do it and who have great intentions to do it, but just need a little help on what does this practically look like in the, in the realm of practice or in a relationship with my teammates or a coach. Um, so again, just try to look at God's word and contextualize what I'm reading to a sporting environment. I love it. And, and I want to talk more about those, those practical ways and given some examples, but before that, let's give a kind of a baseline for our, our audience today to, to help all of us kind of understand what is glory and what is God's glory specifically. And what does it mean to, to bring God glory? Yeah. God's glory is um, the kind of the Hebrew word, how it's most often used in the Bible is this idea of, of weight. Like there's this weightiness about who God is and everything that it's, it's really everything that encompasses who and what God is and what he has done in the world and how he has revealed himself. If you can take all of that and kind of, it's unweighable, right? But if you can weigh it like that, that's glory. It's everything that makes God, God. And so we give glory to God when we think and act in a way that's pleasing to him and draws attention to who he is. Amen. Amen. And so how does that then practically 
play out for athletes? And, and you obviously talk about this through, throughout your book, but, but what are some of those examples or, or most common ways that, that Christian athletes can bring glory to God? Yeah, I, so I give, uh, I, I kind of categorize the book um, through the, the different experiences that are similar to most athletes. And so it's so easy to, to kind of pigeonhole the conversation of glory and God and sports into, into competition. It's like, what does God want in and through me um, through competition? And so like that, competition is important for sure. That's, that's why we are involved in sport is to get to that place where we're actually competing and can put all that training to the test against an opponent who's waiting for us. But competition is a, a very small part of, of the life of an athlete. Like if you think about it, for me as a runner, I'm, I'm running, say, the mile, which is a little bit over a, a four-minute race for me. But I'm training months and weeks and 40 to 50 hours a week just to race four minutes. And so for me to just pigeonhole my entire athletic experience and what I think God wants and giving him glory through that to just that four minute window, I think is missing the heart of God who wants a holistic uh, version of glory, which means he wants all of me, not just the, the Brian who's competing on a track for four minutes. He wants the, the Brian who is wrestling with the, the teammates who he doesn't like and who he is frustrated being around. He wants the Brian who has an opportunity to share the gospel with teammates who desperately need to hear uh, about him. And so I, I think for the athlete to filter it through the two great commandments is so incredibly important, which is love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love your neighbor as yourself. And so like whatever environment you're in to think through, what does it look like for me in this moment to, to love and honor God? And then what does it look like for me in this moment to, to love and honor the people that are, that he's put me next to? So like practically let's get, yeah, let's get real practical with this in, in practice. What does it look like for me to love God? It means to, um, to maximize the skills that, that he has given me and to practice uh, in a way that, as if I'm doing it for him. And so we use the phrase audience of one a lot within athletes in action, what would it look like for me to approach practice every single day as if God is the only one watching and with me in the process? I, I would hope that would change the way I wish I had this perspective when I was a competing athlete, but I would hope that would change the way I would go about practice. This idea that, man, it's just me and God out here. And so that, that's one very practical way, but two, like, what does it look like for me then to love other people? That means, um, I need to pay attention to somebody beyond myself when I'm practicing. Practicing It means uh, maybe offering a word of encouragement or affirmation, or maybe even on the back end late at night, I'm, I'm texting some of my teammates saying, hey, I noticed this in practice today, and I just want to say, great job. You're, you're trending in the right direction. And so just finding ways to step outside of this me-centered world that we live in and, and put some attention on the people around you and find, find ways to encourage them. I love it. Those are very doable, and it's just being intentional and aware uh, to actually live live that out as an athlete. And, and a lot of that translates into other areas of life as well, which is which is great. Well, when we take a, a look at kind of the the larger scope of the Christian athlete, and even specifically maybe those in the spotlight, professional athletes, high level college athletes, what encourages you about today's Christian athlete and and especially in light of this 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 thought of of bringing God glory 
and then what maybe concerns you just about some of the misunderstandings or, or the, the approach that, that maybe certain Christian athletes are, are taking. Yeah. I have been really encouraged recently at, at athletes like the, the Cooper cups and Scotty Scheffler in this. So historically it feels like whenever a Christian athlete wins or does something amazing, it's like the, the quotes that I I shouldn't just say quotes, but kind of like the, the the tagline has always been the same. It's like, I just want to, I want to give all glory and honor to God. And I just want to thank my Lord and savior, Jesus Christ, which is great. Like, and I I don't want to say like, that's not good. But, but it always leaves me as a fan wanting more of like, what does that mean yeah. that you're giving this to Christ? Or what does this mean that you're giving this and thanking God? And somebody like Cooper Cup, who after the Super Bowl said that he, um, he in those moments is bringing his validation from God to the field. And he's not taking validation from what he does on the field to the rest of the world. And so like that that gives me a whole new category for thinking as a Christ follower. I I can take my, even doing this podcast, I'm walking into my office thinking I'm going to bring my validation from God to this podcast. I'm not going to take who I am from, from what I say or what people are going to think about what I say on here. So Mm. Cooper saying that is huge. And I think it, it helps disciple us as a culture. And what does it actually mean to live this out even beyond sports? And then Scotty Scheffler is the, the, another, uh, another recent example, winning the Masters, and talked about a very similar thing of like he he knows that winning that tournament will change some things about his life, but it will not change who he is uh, as a per- person. As it will, it will not change his identity. And so, like those those kind of quotes are super encouraging to me because I really do believe athletes have a platform to influence our culture. And I would love to see more athletes use their platform to disciple us and things like that, because I can say these things on a podcast, but I'm 40, I'm bald, and I'm sitting (laughs) in an office in farmland, Lowell, Michigan. It's like, nobody cares what I have to say. And I'm completely okay with that. But people care about what Scotty Scheffler has to say. And they care about what Cooper Cup has to say. And when these men and women of the world are are using their platformed opportunity to help disciple us beyond just the giving God thanks, which again is great. But I think, I think the more can be given. I'm, I'm super encouraged by that and love where we're going with the freedom that some of these athletes have to start saying a little bit more about their faith. Um, What concerns me? um, I I always get a little concerned about platform. (laughs) I'm talking about how amazing it is that athletes have these platform I get concerned that we platform athletes like this. And now that now Cooper cup is going to be held to the standard within the Christian Mm. community because he has proclaimed Christ and he's had incredible post-game interviews, same with Scotty Scheffler. And when they inevitably do something in competition that is not Christ-like because it will happen, like sports reveals sin. um, It's very easy within our Christian culture to see any sort of mistake and be like, well, that person doesn't get it and, and completely write him off. It's like our own little weird version of, of cancel culture. Mm. We were so quick to, to villainize people who mm. have pro- professed Christ and, and are slow to give grace and mercy and have a position of like, I know he is a believer right now. 
and I'm sure he regretted that, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I don't have a camera following me around That's at right. my job 24 seven. And if there was a camera following me around, I, so I, I, I get a little bit uncomfortable when we, when we platform athletes. Um, cause I, I, I'm not sure that is how God designed the world to work, to elevate certain individuals like that. No, this is a fascinating topic and definitely something that is at the, you know, in, within the conversation here and unpacking it for, for sure, because we interview athletes and, and coaches that, that have professed faith and we, we mm-hmm. unpack their, their lives. I always try to do uh, as best as I can, as best as I can to also talk about their struggles and challenges and to not put them on this pedestal. Like they've got all the answers as followers of Jesus, like they're struggling just like you and I are in this journey as we, we, we attempt to become more like Jesus and allow him to change us from the inside out. And so it is almost an opportunity when these guys do make a mistake and it gets put in the spotlight to then discuss that too and to say, yeah, I relate to that guy. Um, and so uh, it's, it, it is. It's just it's very difficult, but I think we as, as believers – have to have some some honest conversations and evaluate, wait, how should we approach when some of these well-known athletes that have been open about their faith do slip up? Now, if it's something major, there's you know, there's different ramifications for that. Yeah. But it's almost like some of the little things even, people will go, ah, all right, that guy's, we write, we write him off to your point. So. Yeah, and the foundation of our faith is forgiveness, right? Like we are right. not perfect um we do not we we do not um get into god's good graces because we perform we we are made right with god because of what jesus has done for us on the cross and in this knowledge that he has forgiven us he has paid for our sins and so like yeah even this expectation to be perfect instead of celebrating when there's opportunities for forgiveness yeah i just think there's this weird both and tension that we need to live in where yes we live in a culture where athletes have a cultural microphone and we listen to what they have to say and so should we take advantage of that i think we absolutely should but we should also realize that they're broken human beings just like us um, and not hold them to this perfect standards that that they they can't ultimately attain that yeah, definitely. And and as far you know, in your world with athletes in action and, and chaplains, those are the ones that have to hold those guys accountable. And they're, they're you know, when when major stories are coming out about certain guys or they, they have these big falls, those are the guys that but we as fans to be pointing from, you know, our couches uh, is is a little a little ridiculous in, in many it's ways. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Yeah. Yeah. But it's the culture um, we live in right now. So it's just a that's what concerns me right now is this like, yeah if if uh again we'll use cooper cup if he does something on the field where it's like uh, i don't know if that was christ like he doesn't need to apologize to me and like why would i get mad about that i can be sad but it's like this this where's the outrage coming from within my own heart towards mm. someone who who would make a mistake like that and so it it's really one of those things where it turns the mirror on our own heart and like why are we why are we getting so outraged by somebody else's actions yeah no it's that's fascinating to think about the the other thing that you kind of alluded to as well is just you know scotty scheffler and and cooper cup they both won at the highest level uh but they they talked about the process too of of you know god working in them leading up to the winning and that sort of thing 
But there's also this, this perspective when we hear about glorifying God, it is about winning. So we have to, in order to glorify God, we have to win it all to then point to him. But I think we've, we've seen over the years, Tony Bennett comes to mind when they, when they lost. And I think some of the, the key coaches, uh, Hubert Davis, I think, did a great job throughout the tournament to, to bring God glory just in the way yeah. he lived his life and, and just the way he was coaching and in his interviews and all that kind of thing. So what, just as you put this book together, wrote this book and studied and thought about all this thing, all these things surrounding God's glory, how important is understanding that losing can also bring God glory too, because it normally isn't talked about that way. Yeah, losing losing affords an athlete an opportunity, a, a Christian athlete an opportunity in that moment to show that their joy is not dependent on the outcome of a game, which I think is is more powerful oftentimes than an athlete winning and getting up in front and saying all glory to God, my validation comes from him and not what I do. Like all that stuff is great, but for an athlete to put everything on the line and lose and Mm. still in that moment say that stinks and I'm frustrated, but ultimately my joy is in Christ. I think that's such a powerful witness to a world who is so used to the athlete who wins it all, just giving all, all glory to God. And and there's this assumption that those who don't win then um, are not giving glory to God. And so I, I think there's a huge opportunity there, but oftentimes Bryce, it's like, sometimes we can't control whether we win or lose. Like you could, you could put together an amazing performance where you just give everything you have and you maximize your skill set, and the ref or official makes a call that switches things in the last moment of the game and you, and you lose. And it's like, is it less glorifying to God because the outcome was different when you played about as well as you could have and you felt like you put all the pieces together? And so there's this layered experience, I think, of glorifying God where we it, it's a bad theology to just pigeonhole it into a win or a loss. Did I glorify God or not based on the win or loss? And I don't think glorifying God is a zero-sum game like that. Wonderful. Absolutely. And it's a good reminder for us. And And along those lines, too, you know, the, the idea of performance and, and so athletes and I think glory factors into this a little bit, but maybe it's a little bit of an offshoot as far as you being around Christian athletes and, you know, this, they're competitive. They want to perform well. They want to do it. So with, with excellence and leave it all on the floor or on the field, but it can also, uh, we can become so performance driven and the downside to performance driven. So how do you help athletes navigate that and understand the, the 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 balance of working hard but not being so performance and kind of to your point outcome driven too? Yeah, um, the I think the challenge, Bryce, when you and a lot of athletes are doing this from like a super young age, and so they're brought up in a culture of sports where it is it is absolutely performance driven. You're looking at the youth level right now. I'm involved in this with my kids and seeing it all around me. This this tagline of elite with everything. There's this, Mm. like, you have to, is your kid good enough to be in this elite travel squad and you're traveling all over the country. And it, I think the danger with a a performance driven culture, there's some necessary things about that in sports. Cause like for sports to work, you have to care. And for sports to work, there needs to be a winner and a loser. And so that like, there is performance involved in that. 
But when it comes to faith, I, I think a real danger is when you're brought up in this culture where you're told perform, 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 and then you're presented with the gospel of Jesus, which, sa which says, I performed for you. You don't need to perform. I did everything. Here's mm -hmm. this free gift. That's really hard for an athlete who's been, again, discipled by culture his or her entire life performance is all that matters. And now you're giving me this new category of thinking that w within my relationship with God, I don't need to perform. I don't necessarily need to do anything for him to fully love me. I think that's where, like when you're talking about discipling athletes and bringing in the gospel, I, th I think that's where these conversations need to be had. Because if I'm in a spot where I I have believed the gospel and I'm beginning to and have a growing understanding of I, I don't need to perform for God, I, I think that frees me up as an athlete to perform in sports with this understanding that sports is not going to give me anything that it promises, joy, hope, respect, approval, soul filling, like all that stuff God has already offered me in and through his son. And so for me to, to have this growing understanding of I'm God's child who's fully loved, fully known, um, fully affirmed, frees me up to just go and compete freely. Like I don't need to compete for my parents' approval. I don't need to go compete and do these things to try to get my coach to like me. I know that the person whose opinion matters the most, God, has already sacrificed everything on my behalf. I didn't have to do anything for that. And so I would think that would free an athlete up then to just go and compete and try things that they haven't tried before, risk in ways that they haven't risked before, make mistakes and learn from those mistakes and not be bogged by bogged down by the incessant need of other people's approval. Mm, amen. Amen. And it, it is evident as a, as a sports fan, when you're watching, you know, take March madness teams that were playing with very little pressure and they're, they were just, able to go out there and play free like St. Peter's. They just went out and played free. And, mm -hmm. and then even, you know, in some ways with Scotty Scheffler, uh, he was the number one guy going into the masters, number one world ranking, mm -hmm. but he was a young guy that the pressure wasn't necessarily on him to go out and, and perform the same way the Rory's and the Spieth's and, and those kind of guys. But then Rory ends up on Sunday, the pressure's off of him. He's feeling good and he's able to go out and play well. So I think what you're saying definitely plays out. But from a spiritual standpoint, it allows Christian athletes to get to that place day one, that you can play with that kind of freedom and, and, and let go of the, the stress, pressure, weight of, of everybody else. And then you just feel the weight of the glory of God. Play, yeah, play that yeah for sure. And I think the, the goal for the Christian athlete is, is like part of it is optimal performance, but the goal is to play with freedom, yeah. to play with complete freedom. Um, and, and sometimes that will probably mean great success. And other times it could mean you fall flat on your face. face. But I think, but I think what God wants us to do is to, to play with this, with this idea that we have, we often put a cap on our potential because we're afraid of what other people are going to say if we screw mm -hmm. up. And what if we just got rid of that ceiling and we just played knowing that God is our audience of one fully loves us. Like what, what would that do for me just to play and compete with freedom? I think we would, I think it would optimize our performance more often than not, but even more importantly than that, I think we would have fun again playing sports. I That's really right. do. 
Absolutely. And and again, it goes in, into living that way, to live in the freedom yeah. that, that we have as well. Uh, last thought um, and, and question for today, the, the role that parents play in all of this, and, and you alluded to the, the elite word that gets thrown around and, and, and even the pressure that parents put on, on their kids, how can parents help their kids understand, even at a young age, playing for God's glory and, and them parenting for God's glory in, in the realm of, of sports. Yeah. I'll give an example of how I royally screwed this up a couple of years ago with my son, which <laughs> I think we'll get around to what you're talking about. Um, uh, my son Hudson was 10 years old at the time and had a chance to, uh, to win a football game in the last seconds for his team. Um, the ball got thrown to him. He was a wide receiver, bounced off his helmet the last second of the game, got intercepted, um, and we lost the game. And so he's in the middle of the field, sitting down in tears um, as one of the coaches. I kind of talked to some of the other kids, then walk out there and pick him up and just wanted to let him know, like, it's it's okay, buddy, to cry after you lose. Like, I know it's hard. I'm not crying because we lost, Daddy. I'm crying because Josh told me that I lost the game for my uh, we lost the or I lost the game for our team, and he's blaming it all on me, and he's being a real jerk. Oh. And my response in that moment, Bryce, was, and I literally said this. I was like, buddy, did Josh make any tackles in today's game? Did Josh score any touchdowns? Did Josh catch any passes? Because I went into, like, protection mode. I wanted to protect my son's heart. And so the way that I did that was using worldly standards. I compared him to, to people that he was better than in mm. that game. And he, like, you could tell, he was like, no, no, he didn't. Yeah. I, if anything, Josh lost the game for our team. Right. We didn't, we didn't say that, but that's what I was essentially getting at. It's like, yeah. you played a more important role than him. And I had to sit him down that night, Bryce, and apologize and ask for a do over because it, and this was such a missed opportunity. And I wish, yeah, I wish I could have done this over, but this is what I shared with them at night was at the end of the day, Hudson, Josh's opinion doesn't matter more than my opinion does. Mm. And my opinion doesn't matter more than God's opinion does of you. Mm. And both me and God are proud of how you play. There was nothing more than I wanted to do that Saturday than just watch you play. And it was the favorite part of my day was just to watch you play. Mm. There's no performance in that. There's just a, I really like, I really like you. I love you. And it's really fun for me to watch you play. Mm. And that's what I think our kids need to hear in this sports cultural moment in, at a youth level right now is there's this obsession with elite and travel squads and parents screaming on the sidelines and oh. performance driven mentality. And, and our kids just need to know that we as parents love them because they're our kids. Amen. That we are proud of them and we enjoy all of this because we just like watching them play and it's fun for us to see them laugh and put themselves out there. And this is important because our kids theology about who God is oftentimes comes from us as parents, especially dads out there. Mm. God is a father figure. And so if my Hudson is growing up, always thinking that that is most proud of me when I win and I grind and I beat down the other person, like, his view of God can easily become God is most satisfied for me when I perform the most for him instead of 
God already performed for me and God loves me because I am his child. And out of that, I can, I can be obedient and I can do all these things, but his love for me is already at a max capacity right now. And so we can begin to build that into our kids within the context of sports where they're performing all the time. And for us as parents to say, I love how you played today, but I just want you to know, I love you because you're my son or my daughter. And it's really fun for me just to sit on the sidelines and watch you give your all. Like, I I think that'll help redeem the culture of sports if we begin to do that. Absolutely. And, and celebrating the moments when they were a great teammate, they, they were a great opponent based on character and, and the the way they responded, Hey, the way you responded to that bad call, it was a bad call, but you didn't yell at the ref and, you know, to, to encourage and uh, affirm that is, uh, is, is a great thing. So absolutely. Well, Brian, I'm, I'm glad you wrote this book. It's called the Christian athlete glorifying God in sports and encourage everybody to check it out. TheChristianAthlete.com. You can follow Brian on Twitter at Brian Smith AIA. And it's great to have Brian back on unpacking it and, and appreciate all the great work you're, you're doing for God's kingdom and, and in the sports world, pointing athletes and, and coaches to him. So keep up the great work. Thanks, Bryce. Fun to be teammates with you in this. Appreciate you. Absolutely. There's Brian Smith joining us here on the Unpacking It podcast presented by MetaShare. Sharing the personal side of sports, this is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. And we're back in the Unpacking It studio to unpack our conversation with Brian Smith. Great to have him back on the show and, and so many you know deep theological topics discussed today and, and really the word glory is such a big, powerful word that, that sometimes is hard to grasp or understand, but I think ultimately it comes down to this. Are, are we living for our own glory or God's glory? And, and so as we pursue him, we begin to understand, as we read his word, you know, what he's, he's asking of us and, and how we actually can bring him glory in all that we do including playing sports and even watching sports, that by the way we bring him with us, he's always with us, but, but I, by acknowledging that he is with us, no matter what we're doing, and, and acknowledging him, and acknowledging his power, his goodness, his faithfulness, his character, his sovereignty, his, his being in control, and, and putting him on the throne of our lives. Everywhere we go, everything we do, and and and, and acknowledging his his greatness, his goodness, and his greatness, and so this this plays out in a lot of you know practical ways, but then also just in in spiritual ways uh, as well that that we we just have to be intentional about pursuing his glory, understanding what it really means in our own lives, and and what it means to to pursue our own glory. And really that, that we want to be the God of our own lives. And it's all about us. It's all about me. It's all about selfishness and our own little world versus taking a step back and saying, no, 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 I serve the God of the universe and all of his glory. And he deserves all the glory. He deserves all the power. He deserves all the honor. Um, he is all powerful. 
uh, and he's worthy of our praise and worship and, and honor. So um, one thing I do want to mention, he, he alluded to this, but I, but I have it in my notes, that, that, that one of the, the continual themes of his book is that sports are a good gift from God to us to enjoy, but we can't expect something from them like soul-filling joy and contentment that God never intended. Only he can provide those eternal longings inside us. And so really what happens is when we put sports on the, on the pedestal and sports are on the throne, and, and sometimes we, we put athletes even on the throne as fans we do this, and then they let us down. They either lose, they either do something stupid or, or whatever, and and now all of a sudden we're you know we're devastated by it as as a fan, which in some ways is understandable. But we can't be putting them on the throne. We got to keep them. We gotta, they're humans. They're just athletes. They're playing a sport. Like we have to kind of remind ourselves of that. And and also you know sports can never provide that soul filling joy and contentment, even as as much as we and and me personally enjoy watching and experiencing sports as a fan. I love the excitement. I love the storylines. I love you know, watching, talking about it, writing about it, doing podcasts about sports, all of those things. But we have to continue to, to remind ourselves to put sports in their proper place in regards to priorities. Um, and then also just what we're trying to get out of sports. And so it's one thing for athletes you know, to put all of their identity into sports, all of their happiness is based on winning or losing, and then some of that also trickles into our, our life as, as, as fans as well, uh, where if our team's doing well on the field, then our life is, is good and we're content. And if our team stinks, then it's like, ah, life stinks. Like I'm being a little dramatic with that, but, but sometimes this translates. You know who you are. You know, you know what happens when your team loses and it, it takes a few days or a few weeks to get over it. I think those are some of our opportunities to where, no, 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 no. I'm living for God's glory. Win or lose, sports are fun. You know, I, I was challenged with this with Duke, their run to the national championship. I was bummed. The next morning, it was a Sunday. You know, they, they lost on a Saturday. I guess, at, yeah, the game at Cameron and then the Final Four. So you got to go into church. All right, what kind of attitude am I going to have? So it was challenging. I'm not, I probably wasn't perfect. I know I'm not perfect. I wasn't perfect. I don't think I handled it. Too too poorly. I think I handled the cam. The, the loss at Cameron was worse for me, but I think it's those opportunities to where. All right, where am I finding my satisfaction? And is it all about reflective glory? This is a whole other topic. That if my team wins now, all of a sudden I'm great. <laughs> and after Duke lost, I kept saying, "I'm not the one that missed free throws. I'm not the one." So so don't t- don't tell me I lost. I didn't lose. My team lost. But when they win, ah, we won. We, we're the winners, and we walk around so proud and that we want that reflective glory from a team that won. But even in that, the players have to give the glory back to God. That they, you know, We try to take credit and, and oh, look how great I am because I won a game, or look how great I am because my team won a game. And, and even all of that, we have, to, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus and, and, and lift our eyes to, to him, that he deserves the glory. That, that it's his glory that shines through us, uh, that we can allow him to shine through us, and that our, our actions and motivations, uh, we set out to, to bring him attention, to bring uh, to mind his, the, the, the amazing characteristics 
of his majesty. I like that word, majesty. So uh, it's a fascinating topic, so many different angles with it. You know, It would take all day to, to really uh, take a lifetime to unpack the glory of God. We'll never fully grasp it. Um, I guess when we get to heaven, we'll, we'll definitely see it full on and, and embrace it in amazing ways. And even that we can't comprehend fully. So that's, I, I long for that, that day as well. And then there's even, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of different angles and a lot of different uh, verses to discuss. And so this is an ongoing topic, but I think coming at it with Brian today about the Christian athlete, how do you actually glorify God in sports? Uh, a lot of cool topics to, uh, to consider. And so I hope you're encouraged today. Really appreciate you listening to the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. And thanks to Brian Smith from Athletes in Action uh, for, for joining us today. I'm Bryce. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. Be sure to subscribe to the Unpack This devotional. If you haven't already, you can go to unpackingit.com slash subscribe. Until next time, have a great one. This has been the Unpacking It podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events in Charlotte, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.